Welcome to this episode of Raising Teens. Our guests today are Jason Royce and Catherine Hill. So welcome uh, uh, to you both. We got a really interesting letter sent to us by uh, a mum. My son decided to have a barbecue for himself and his friends in our garden for his 14th birthday. I left them to it mostly, but did decide to check they weren't burning the burgers. When I caught my son and his friends huddled around looking gawkily on his iPad, it raised my curiosity. And later in the week when he was asleep, I decided to check his iPad. I was shocked to find the photo folder in my son's iPad was full of images of naked or semi-naked girls. What do I do? Help. Well, Catherine, what do you think? It is hard, isn't it? It's so hard for us as parents. I think, uh, so we've got four children, three boys that are grown now. So we've been through this teenage bit. And I think when your little boy suddenly starts to become a man, um, it takes an adjustment for us as parents. You know, suddenly realise they probably need to shave, they become muscly, their faces change shape. And I think particularly for mums, that can be a hard thing. And this is what's happening, I think, to this lad. He's discovering girls, he's discovering his own sexuality. And it's really important how we respond and help them help them through that time. Um, but but actually, in that situation, there's probably another issue as well, um, which is she's done something that I have done, and she's had a little look at this iPad uh, without him knowing. And again, she's now got to decide what to do. Does she tell him that she's done that, um, or does she just pretend she hasn't and she doesn't know? And there's a bit of an issue there. And as I say, I, I've been there, and it's a hard place to be. Do you know, Jason, a friend of mine years ago wrote a book called Painting's Not For Cowards. And boy, it's true. And all this emotion going on, this mum doing her best, and what Catherine said, suddenly the, my son is interested in sex, and, and I've looked at his computer, and I shouldn't have won. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah, it's so difficult. It's, and, and you can almost feel the desperation of this yeah. mum. Yeah. She's realising that her son is growing up. She's realising there's stuff that he's into that she doesn't know about. Yeah. And just, uh, it's such a natural uh, response to want to see what, what it was that was so interesting to these 14, 15 year old boys. What was it they were looking at? What was it they were gawping at? Um, and so, so, so natural, but also um, so tricky for her now to, to navigate because she's kind of gone on his iPad without him, without him knowing. And the fact she waited until he was asleep shows perhaps she was even conflicted. Perhaps she didn't really want to, but she just felt she had no choice. Well, it's understandable. We spend all our lives protecting them, don't we? That's our yeah. job, to protect them. And suddenly we, 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 we just don't know what... And that cry at the end, that help, is, is, is a genuine, heartfelt cry of, of a mum. Okay, but now she knows, okay, so what do we do? She's, even if she's got it wrong, she's got this terrible information now. What does she do with it? Catherine? Maybe it is terrible information, but I think 14-year-old boy, it's a time when they're becoming men, you know, puberty's hit, uh, they're discovering sex, they're discovering the opposite sex, and so it's quite natural that they're gonna be curious about that. And so I think um, we probably wanna be talking about pornography, but also there is the natural curiosity that any 14-year-old's gonna have in the opposite sex, and sort of having that conversation about that, I think would be a place to start. Do you know, when, when you said that, Catherine, it reminded me of a situation we had a couple of years ago where a mum discovered something very, very similar to this. And it was a balance between saying, yes, this is serious and it does need dealing with, but actually, in some ways, it's quite normal. Now, when you say that, you don't mean it's right or it should go on, but, but it happens. And, and then a sense of perspective. 
because otherwise the world's come to an end and life can never be the same again and you you push a child away from you when what you need to be doing somehow is is drawing them towards you yeah i think that's that's so wise and and i often recommend parents to have someone that they can freak out to um <laughs> because it shouldn't be your kid uh maybe it's your partner or your spouse or maybe it's a friend or or a, a, a sibling perhaps someone that you've got a relationship with and you can phone them up and you can scream and you can shout and you say, what have they done? How has this happened? Have I failed as a parent? And then you can think, okay, now I've got that out of my system. What am I going to do about it? And we do need that. We need to acknowledge our emotions as, as parents and carers, grandparents, whatever our role with the children and young people. We need to have that person we can freak out to. But then we need to have that person where we can say, okay, so what am I going to do? How am I going to take this forward? Um, and I think that's quite emotionally intelligent parenting at that point because it allows us to be ourselves and respond properly but not to bring that into the situation with our child. Surprisingly, um, teenagers want to know about sex and relationships from their parents. You know, when they're mm. in that stage when often you can't get a lot out of them, they're not very communicative, it can be su a surprise to know that but there's loads and loads of research no, that says true. parents are the ones that have the main influence. So this is a great opportunity for this mum to talk to this young lad um, about sexuality, about girls but also about pornography because uh, there's no doubt about it. It's a it's a massive thing for our young people. Mm. You know, it's considered normal. It's everywhere, and a lot of people are learning about sex from pornography, and we want them to learn about it from from us and the values that we have. Okay. All right. Well, look, she's she's seen it. She's realised perhaps it's not the end of the world. She's got a husband or partner or good friend she can talk to about it. She's. She's, she's gone, what was that phrase you used? She kind of hit the panic button with somebody or... Freak out. Yeah. She freak out, she found somebody to freak out with. Okay, now what does she do then with her son? I think it's maybe that her or someone else, uh, depending on her relationship with her son, so we, we don't know that from the, the email or letter, um, but depending on her relationship, it might be better if it's a male who has the conversation with her, but it'd be good for someone to, to perhaps start a conversation with her son about, about what he's seeing. Um, and if I, was, if I was having a conversation like this with, with this young person, the first thing I'd want to acknowledge is that actually your, this is part of your sexual awakening. I might not use those, those words, we might find some, some more appropriate words to say, but actually as part of his development as a young person, he's noticing, he's becoming sexually aware, he's becoming uh, attracted, um, in this case, to, to women that he's, that he's got pictures of. And so I would kind of want to talk to him about that and reassure him that the feelings that he's having, the emotions that he's having and experiencing, they're completely normal. Um, the question is, how do we shape that attraction? How do we shape that desire, that interest in healthy ways? Um, and that's gonna be largely dependent on the values of the family. Well, let me just push you a bit there, Jason, because two things there. First of all, there's another breach of trust going on now. Not only has she looked at his iPad, but she's told somebody else what she's seen and asked them to deal with it. And how does that square with Catherine saying that kids want to talk to their parents about sex? They're happy to talk to their parents about it. Yeah, I, I think without knowing the specifics of the case, I, I think, you know, if, if his dad or is around or there's a male in the house, um, then it would be quite natural for them to have a, a discussion about that. Um, the dealing with the trust on the iPad thing is, is that's the big hurdle. Once you're over that hurdle, and it is a, a significant hurdle, once you're over that, then it can be 
look, actually, I want to walk with you through this. I taught you to cross the road. I taught you to, to put how to eat with a knife and fork. Of course, I want to be involved in, in how you develop in, in your relationships. Um, so I think at that point, if, if dad is around or there's a man in the house, that's the ideal person, but perhaps it's an uncle or even a youth worker, someone who can come alongside him. And it might be his mum, but often it does, it is most helpful when it's, um, a male doing it with a, a male young person that's that's often the pattern that works best and I think that uh, so we've got four children they're grown up now three boys so you know you don't bring up three teenage boys without this kind of thing being an issue um, and my experience is it's the obviously this mum has got to deal with this situation now mm. but going forward it's the little and often conversation so there is a place for the big talk probably in this but it's the sort of talking to them when they see something on the TV when you see an advert mm -hmm. when they're talking about what's going on at school and it's drip feeding our values into them um, because they're watching us they're watching we're role models to them as well and I think we can you know we can't underestimate the importance of our role as parents in, in doing that. Mm, I think you're absolutely right I think that's so key about the drip feeding um, this isn't something which has just happened and it's not something which is going to end now that this mum has found the images. This is an ongoing process and so that's why we've got to kind of take a long-term view here where this is all a natural part of his development and it's about helping him and supporting him through that. If we drive him underground at this point and make him afraid to ever talk to us about this stuff again or if we try to download onto him every value that we want him to have and every opinion that we've got about what sex and relationships are for, he's probably never going to talk to us about it again. So we want those little and often conversations. I think that's so, such a key thing to take away from this letter. I think, Catherine, it'd be a, an enormous relief for people to hear you say, I mean, you speak to thousands of parents about this, you write books on the stuff, you're, quotes an expert. But you've been through this, haven't you? With, with your boys and, and so forth in some way or another. And in that sense, it is serious, it has to be dealt with, but it's not the end of the world we can get through. This is what being a parent is. We're trying to get our kids through. Well, that was brilliant, guys. Thank you for, uh, for sharing uh, that, that, that with us. If, if you've got a topic that you'd like to discuss on our Raising Teens podcast, do drop us a line. And if we use it, we'll send you a copy of my book, Raising Teenagers, What Every Parent Has uh, uh, to Know. So uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, we look forward to being with you again soon. You have been listening to the Raising Teens podcast. For further information about our courses, resources and events, visit us at careforthefamily.org.uk.